Thank you for the morning so far. <clears throat> I would have almost thought we, each little group who did their bit, that we were in my office during the week collaborating <laughs> what we were going to say. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit just ties everything together. Can I just say it's great to be back? We love you all. We love this place. This is home. And um, Jonathan sends his love. He's in Fakenham this morning. But um, yeah, you. this is our special place. We love this place. And we love you. <laughs> so, I'm just going to try. Pray. I'm going to encourage everybody who's 16 over today. <laughs> and those of us who aren't quite 60 yet, we can look forward to being 60. That's nothing that we need to dread. An extensive study in the USA found that the most productive age in human life is between 60 and 70 years old. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? We live in a world where people hit 60 and they think, oh, I've got to come up for retirement. No, no. The second most productive stage of the human being is from 70 to 80. <laughs> has begun. 
our lives, you will finish because your plans and your purposes for each and every one of us is for good. Thank you that each one of us in this room today has a part to play in your kingdom. No one is left out. It's not left up to just a few, but everyone has a part to play. And we thank you for it. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're in this place. Thank you that you're in each one of us. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you unite us. You make us one. Lord, would you just take the words of my mouth this morning? And Jesus, like you multiplied the bread and the fish when you fed 5,000 people, would you multiply the words of my mouth? And let there be something that each one of us can take that will challenge, that will encourage, that will spur us on in the race that we're running through the honor of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, I guess it won't be any surprise that my topic this morning is remember, remember, remember. <laughs> But um, as I was praying about this morning, I did, I really felt that the Lord was saying those words, remember, remember, don't forget. And it's amazing, if you look in the scriptures, over 350 times we're told, teaches us to remember. It's not something that he just says flippantly. It's something he wants us to get hold of, remember and I felt that he was saying there are three areas that he wants us to remember this morning. First of all, remember your God. Secondly, remember Jesus. And thirdly, remember who you are. You are a child of God, empowered by the Holy Spirit, and you have a part to play in his kingdom. Remember your God. Remember Jesus and remember who you are. You know, remember means to bring to mind, to think of again, to keep in mind for attention. It's not something that you do, again, I say, it's not something that you just do flippantly and it's in there and then out. When you remember something, you hold on to it for dear life. You commit it to your memory so that even when you're subconsciously going about your daily business, the thoughts come to mind because it's stored in your memory. Do you remember back in 2019 on April 15th when the Notre Dame burned down in France? Do you remember that? And I remember seeing a picture and there was rubble all around, but what remained standing? Do you remember that picture? The cross. And some of the new newspaper articles said the cross still stands. The cross still stands. Roundabout was rubble and burnt wood and everything else. And there stood the cross. The cross still stands. You know, I really believe we're, I've said this before here, and I've said it in other places. We are living in a chaotic, confusing times. And it's a blizzard. I really believe it's a blizzard out there. But one thing we can know, God remains. God remains. Remember your God. He still remains. I was um, listening to something recently, and they were talking about how 
um, in the Midwest, in the US, on, in the farmlands, they used to get these really bad storms. They still get these bad storms. Um, we've lived through some of them when we were in the Midwest or, um, during the first two years of our marriage, and they can be horrendous. And out on the farmlands, people would go from their house to the barn to get provisions or whatever they needed. And it was known for individuals to get lost in the blizzard, even though it's just a short distance, and to end up not finding their way back home, and they would freeze and die. And what people then did was they tied a rope from the house to the barn. And so when they got went out of their front door, they would hold on to the rope and they would walk, it would, they would let it guide them to the barn, and then they would walk back again. Can I suggest in the blizzard in which we're living, we need a rope? And we sang about that rope, our cornerstone. We have someone who is much stronger than a rope. A rope can decay in bad weather, can't it? But we've got someone who's much stronger than a rope, and his name is Jesus. Remember Jesus. He's our anchor. He's our cornerstone. He's the one who will hold us in the midst of all the storms that we're facing. You know, when we remember who God is, when we remember who Jesus is, and we remember who we are, we need an attitude of humility. It's all grace. When we come to God, we realize how much grace we have been given. Remember your God. Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2. I love these verses. I always I go back to Psalm 103 over and over again in my life. But Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2 says, All that I am, praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. You know, if we want to remember the good things that he's done for us, and we talked about it this morning, he is a good, good father. He is faithful. He is true. If we want to remember the good things that he's done for us, we need to give thanks, <laughs> and we need to praise him. We need to remember and give thanks. God is faithful. He is awesome. He is good. This is all found in Psalm 103. He is glorious. He is compassionate, rich in mercy, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. It's not harsh. If you don't know how to give thanks to God, turn to Psalm 103 and just begin thanking him for who he is. He provides, he rescues, he heals, he transforms, he redeems, he forgives, he crowns us with love and tender mercies. He fills our lives with good things, amen? He renews our youth like the eagles. That's why your most productive years can be when you're 60 to 80 years old because your youth is being renewed like the eagles. He gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He keeps his promises. And you know, as you're walking towards the fulfillment of his promises, he's in the process and he's also in the pain that you experience with the, when those promises aren't fulfilled when you would like to see them fulfilled. He's in every part of what we go through in life. 
He removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. He knows that we're weak. It doesn't surprise him. He knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows that we're weak. And he has made the heaven his throne and he rules over everything. That should make us all jump up with joy. <laughs> he makes the heavens his throne and he rules over everything. You know, he's ruling over everything in your life right now. And if we can come to a place where we say, Lord, I acknowledge that you're ruling, even though I can't see the reality of it at the moment, but I choose to submit to your rule in my life and in everything that's going on around me. It's a choice that we can make. You know, um, Alan and Julie, they were talking about Deuteronomy 7. God told the Israelites over and over again in Deuteronomy to remember their God. To remember who brought them out of Egypt. To remember, remember, remember. And Deuteronomy 6, 6 um, says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You know, that was really significant for the Israelites in those days. Because the people around them, they had so many different gods. They had the God of fertility, the God of harvest, and you name it, it was there. And they were struggling and felt the pressure that they needed to keep all these gods happy in their lives so that things would go well for them. And God said to the Israelites, Hear, O Israel, I am your God, and there's only one God. You only have to keep one person happy, and that's me. And you can't keep it, you can't keep me happy on your own, but I enable you to bring pleasure and delight to me. What a relief. We don't have to keep all these gods happy. And do you know we may not serve the God of fertility or the God of harvest or whatever else there is out there. But I tell you, there are lots of gods out there that are vying for our attention today. And we think we have to keep those happy to find fulfillment in life. And God is saying, remember the Lord your God is one. And what is he saying? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. Love him with everything that you've got. Everything that you own, everything that you think, everything that you do, let it be an offering to the Lord your God, who is one God, because you remember who he is. And then um, God went on to say to the Israelites, these commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. 
You know, we may not have been brought out of Egypt, but we've been brought out of slavery. Amen. And we have been saved from sin, from darkness, from death. And God is saying, do not forget the Lord who has brought you out of that place of darkness and has put you in this place of his light. And the only way we can remember that is to talk about it. Be free with your language. Talk about it with your children, with your grandchildren. Talk about it with your friends. Write it down so you don't forget. The other day I walked into a room and I thought, what did I come in here for? And I couldn't remember. I thought, oh, crumbs. And I walked back out, went back in. I still couldn't remember. I walked back out, went back in a third time and I remembered. It's like, oh, Lord, please don't help me to lose my mind. <laughs> but write things down. If, you, if, if you're forgetful, write them down <laughs> so that you can remember Genesis 7, uh, not Genesis, sorry, Deuteronomy 7, 9 to 18. It says, know therefore that the Lord your God is God. Know that he is God. Regardless of how you're feeling, sometimes we have to just say, God, I know you're God. I don't feel it at the moment, but I'm choosing to believe what I know to be true. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God. He is the faithful God, keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments. He's faithful. He's keeping his covenant. He's not going to turn around one day and say, oops, I don't think you deserve that anymore. I'm going to get rid of that. No, he's made a covenant with you, and he will keep it till the end of time. Remember well what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and to Egypt. Again, remember what God did. You know, in 1991, when um, we moved to the UK, I was seven months pregnant. Two months later, I gave birth to our eldest son, Steve, he's 30 now. Three weeks after he was born, I got news that my father had died of liver cancer. We didn't have email back then. We didn't have mobile phones. So we got a phone call in the middle of the night. And I went back um, with Steve. He was only three weeks old. I went back for my dad's funeral. And then we went back, the three of us, Jonathan, Steve, and I, we went back at Christmas to spend Christmas with my mom and my brothers and sister who were on their own at the time. And I was thinking about this the other day. You know, I remember sitting around the meal table and we were hurting, we were in pain, we were sorrowful, but we started talking about dad and remembering who dad was and all that dad had done. And you know, in the midst of our pain and our sorrow and our disappointment, joy emerged. And we had these happy memories and we were encouraging one another. It's like, remember when? Do you remember when? And yeah, and do you remember this? And there was joy and laughter around the table. It didn't take away our pain, but there was joy around the table. And you know, I got to thinking as we remember our God, our Father, when we get together as children of the living God, as brothers and sisters, we are brothers and sisters, 
and our dad is there. And when we get together, we don't have to wait for a Sunday morning. We don't have to wait for connect group. We, we can get together at any time. And when we're gathered around the table, we can remember who our dad is. And remember what he's done. And as we talk about these memories, regardless of what you're going through, joy will erupt. You can be going through the most painful situation. And I'm, I hear my heart. I am not taking away from the painful situation. I, I'm a great believer. You own what you're going through. You don't just push it down and not acknowledge it. I'm not saying that. But there's something about, even in the hard times, when we remember who God is, and we talk about it with each other, and we exchange memories, and we say, God did this for me. What has God done in your life? I remember when. I remember when. What do you remember? And joy erupts around the table. When you get together with other people during the week, come with morsels that you can share with people for them to chew on so that they can taste and see that God is good. Let's be living examples of who our God is. Remember Jesus. I love that account in Luke chapter 10, and it was mentioned by, I can't remember whether it was um, Alan or Pam who mentioned Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Jesus is visiting their home. And Martha is scurrying around trying to get everything ready. And Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet. And Martha comes to Jesus and she goes, Master, don't you care? I'm having to do it all on my own. And look, my sister is just sitting there not doing anything. Have you ever been in that place? <laughs> I know I have. And what does Jesus say? He says, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details, there is only one thing worth being concerned about. Some translation says there is only one essential thing, one important thing. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. I don't believe for a moment that Jesus was scolding Martha and saying that she got it all wrong. It's good to serve. It's good to prepare. It's good to plan. We need that. But I think what Jesus was getting at was Martha was allowing all the serving and the planning and the preparations to take over the one thing that was important. When, G when Mary sat at Jesus' feet, when you sit at Jesus' feet, I don't think it really means that we have to just sit in a chair all day long and meditate on who Jesus is. Do you know what Mary was doing when she was sitting at Jesus' feet? That was a posture of learning. Paul, the Apostle Paul said, I sat at the feet of Gamaliel. Disciples sat at the feet of their teachers. Mary recognized that Jesus was her teacher. And that everything she needed to, for life, she could learn at the feet of Jesus. She would learn to think like Jesus, to talk like Jesus, to operate like Jesus. 
It takes humility. She had a teachable spirit and chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. He's asking us to be his disciples, to be his students today. He wants us to learn from him. There are so many voices out there. Don't let them distract you from the voice of the one who knows you better than anyone else. And he's saying, come, sit at my feet, learn from me. Who is this Jesus? Just very quickly, Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. You're going to recognize these as I went to Colossians. He existed before anything was created, and he is supreme over all creation. He's above everything. When you're learning from Jesus, you've got someone who sees the big picture. Other people, myself included, I'm here, and I'm only giving you from my perspective. I pray and I ask God daily that I would be able to see things through his eyes. But Jesus, he's got it all. And when we go to him and learn from him, we've got the full picture. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Thrones, kingdoms, rulers, authorities, and the unseen world. He's created it all. Everything was created through him and for him. You were created by him and you've been created for him, which means that everything starts with him and everything finds its meaning and its purpose in him. And that's why we've got so many people just floundering about because they're trying to find meaning and purpose in life apart from Jesus. And it doesn't work. He existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. Do you think things are falling apart in your life? Sit at the feet of Jesus. Remember, he holds all creation together. He's holding everything together for you. God, in all his fullness, was pleased to live in Christ, and through him, God reconciled everything to himself. You have been reconciled to Jesus. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Through Christ, we have peace with God. Remember Jesus. Jesus purchased our freedom with his blood. He purchased our freedom. You know, in Deuteronomy, in the Old Testament, when the Israelites were told to remember the Sabbath, the reason they were told to remember the Sabbath was because it was a day to remember what God had done for them. There's something wonderful about taking a day and remembering what has God done for you and not to lose sight of it. Jesus purchased our freedom with his blood and our sins are forgiven. On Thursday, I was in Cromer. I take this blind lady out and um, we were sat on a bench overlooking the sea and then um, we made our way back to the car and I didn't time it well because we made our way back just before 11 and we were going to walk through the churchyard 
And all of a sudden, everybody stood still. I have never been in a place that suddenly came to a standstill, but it was November 11th, Remembrance Day. And they had a little service going on in the churchyard, and we couldn't walk. If we walked, we would have been, I think people would have given us uh, the look, you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. So I just, we just stood there. I explained to Patricia, I said, I'm sorry, we're going to have to stand here until this little service is finished. And I was thinking that verse came to me while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So I thought, Lord, I'd love to just tell everybody that you've got, there's a captive audience. It's like, Lord, I would love them to hear the gospel right now. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And I felt the Lord say, that's okay. Pray for me. And I did. I just stand. I mean, they, 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 beautiful people standing there. I don't know where they're at in their walk with God, and it doesn't matter. God knows. He knows them better than I do. And I just started praying for each one as we stood there while the service was going on. When you remember who Jesus is, it gives you a, a heart for others to know who Jesus is. And you may not be able to speak the words, but you can pray. And your actions can show. Remember who you are. I'm just going to quickly run through this. And I just want these words to soak over you. You are a child of God, empowered by his spirit. You don't have to do life in your own strength. You have got the power of the Holy Spirit at work in you. Before the world was created, you were loved and chosen in Christ to be holy. This is who you are. Let it put a smile on your faces to be holy and without fault. Before anything was created, God chose you and loved you so that you could be holy without fault. You are adopted into the family of God. You are God's pleasure and his delight. As you love him and you remember him and you remember Jesus, you're bringing delight and pleasure to your father. You are God's, you are united with Christ and you have received an inheritance from God. You have been chosen in advance and everything in your life will work out according to his plan. Isn't that wonderful? I get excited. You are identified as God's own. You are not your own, but you are God's own. He has given you the Holy Spirit as a seal and guarantee on your life. Your life matters, and it will count. There's no room to think, oh, I don't matter. I can't, oh, my life won't count. Don't even go down that path. If you find yourself going down that path, remember God, remember Jesus, and remember who you are. He wants you to glorify and praise him with it. You are, you are raised from the dead along with Christ and seated in the heavenly realms because you are one with him. Isn't that amazing? You are seated in the heavenly realms because you are one with him. You can have heaven's perspective on everything that you face in life. That's your pleasure. You don't have to live by the world's perspective. 
You are God's masterpiece, created anew in Christ Jesus, as you can do the good things that he has planned for you to do. You are a member of God's family, citizens of heaven. And together, this is the exciting bit, together we are his house built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and Jesus is the flawless cornerstone. We are a holy temple of the Lord together. This is who we are. And do you know, I really believe sometimes we can get so caught up with what is my calling in life? What do I need to do for the Lord? What, how, how do we build church? How do we see things grow? What programs do we need to start? And hear my heart, they all have their place. I don't disagree. But if we're being distracted by those things, and forgetting the one thing that is essential, we're going to miss out. We're going to miss out. And I really believe in these days, the Lord is saying, remember your God, remember Jesus, and remember who you are. And as we do that, as we come together and we remember together, I really believe this is how the underground churches grow. Because they are so focused on the one thing that is essential. It doesn't bother them that they're being persecuted. They're not distracted by all the things that are going on around them. They remember who their God is. They remember who Jesus is. And they know who they are. And they remember that. And when they get together, they encourage one another. And they spur each other on not to give up. Isaiah 12 says, see, God has come to save me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. The Lord God is my strength and my song. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. With joy, you will drink deeply from the fountain of salvation. In that wonderful day, you will sing. Thank the Lord. Praise his name. Tell the nations what he has done. Let them know how mighty he is. Sing to the Lord, for he has done wonderful things. Make known his praise around the world. Let all the people of Jerusalem, and I say let all the people in this room, shout his praise with joy. For great is the Holy One of Israel who lives among us. Let's not forget who our God is. Let's not forget who Jesus is. And I don't mean that we just, um, I, I don't believe the moment we will ever forget. It's always there, isn't it? But let's bring it to the forefront of our memory so we talk about him and we think about him and we serve him and all of our actions are for him. And let's not forget who we are. And if we're rubbing shoulders with someone who has forgotten who they are, just remind them. Give them a morsel of who God is and who Jesus is and tell them, chew on this, taste and see that God is good. The Lord is good. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Father, I just thank you so much that you have given us minds. You have given us a memory. That we all have a memory. Lord, would you just come now through the power of your spirit and invade our memories. I just feel maybe that some of you are thinking, I've got really bad memories. <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with that. You don't need to feel ashamed. You can get that. Maybe we can do that right now. If there's something that is bothering you right now, just in your heart, give it over to the Lord. And say, Lord, I choose to give you this thing that is causing me distress right now. Thank you that I can remember you. Will you reveal one, bit, one aspect of your character that I can hold on to as I move forward? So Holy Spirit, would you just come and invade our memories? Would you sharpen our memories? And this week, as we go about our daily business, would you... In your grace and your mercy, bring to mind who our God is, who Jesus is, and who we are. Would you enable us to live for the glory and honor of Jesus' name, so that we can stand and say that our lives have been lived and they are worthy of the calling that you have given us. For the honor of your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.